Baldile Racecourse is close to the village of Baldile and to a coastal estuary on the northeast coast of County Dublin. It encompasses about 130 acres of land which was put on the market when the racecourse was considered unviable. It was bought by a company called Killarkin around five years ago for about half a million pounds. The name shareholders of the new company were two law clerks in a solicitor's office in Merrion Square, Killeen and Larkin, and so the name Killarkin. They held £1 shares in the newly registered company, which had a share capital of £20,000. Questioned by journalists, neither Mr Killeen nor Mr Larkin would reveal the principles of the new company. By 1974, the racecourse was part of a bigger parcel of 500-odd acres, owned by a company called Encamp. This company's background is as follows. On the 14th of February 1973, Uverna Security Limited was registered as a company. The nominees were two secretaries, Marie O'Hare and Maria Rogers, who each held one one-pound share. The share capital was £100, divided into 100 shares of £1. The registered offices of the company was given as 6062 Amiens Street. The file was presented by the Secretariat Trust Company of the same address and signed by Matt Horne, a director of the new company. On the 20th of March 1973, the capital was increased to £500. On the 26th of March 1973, Gorty Trust of 6 Cavendish Row took 98 shares of the company. At an extraordinary general meeting on the 11th of March 1973, the name of the company was changed to Encamp. Initially, virtually all the shares were held by Gorty Trust, but these were eventually transferred to Carlisle Trust. This company is linked to the name of John Byrne, the Kerry Byrne millionaire, horse owner and property developer. Mr Byrne has been behind some of the major office block developments in the city, the O'Connell Bridge House, the Lear House, an office block in Townsend Street and the purchase of the Sean Lamass House in Stevens Green from the London-based merchant bankers, Kayser Ullman, for an estimated £3 million. The most prominent public spokesman for Incamp is Dr R.P. McCabe of McCabe, Delaney and Associates, a firm of civil and structural engineers with an address at 51 Northumberland Road, Ballsbridge. On the 19th of February 1974, Encamp lodged an application for outline planning permission for the Baldile property in the offices of the Planning Department of Dublin County Council. This was a major development plan, the biggest development ever conceived by a private company in Ireland. It was a scheme for the development of 511 acres, comprising 3,250 houses, 28 acres of shopping, 20 acres of industry, the building of restaurants, shops, schools, railway stations, a community school and a pump house. The building of a town about the size of Athlone, between the old villages of Baldile and Port Marnock, became known as Sea City. It was estimated as a £30 million project, and residents' associations and voluntary bodies in Baldile, 
Port Marnock and elsewhere took an interest. There were meetings between representative groups of local residents and representatives of in-camp, notably Dr McCabe. The land around the estuary is subject to flooding and this makes it unsuitable for building. In-camp proposed to dam the estuary at Port Marnock, create an artificial lake and stop the flooding. Sewerage was to be pumped in a flexible pipe two to three miles out to sea. It was also hoped that CIE would build an extra train station at Mainstown as it was recognised that the existing roads could not carry the traffic from the projected new town. On the 21st of June 1974, NCAMP were informed by the planning authorities that outlined planning permission had been refused. The following reasons were given. That the proposal was in conflict with the County Development Plan, which was for preserving and improving the coastside amenities and developing agriculture. That there was no public water supply available to serve the proposal. That there was no public sewerage facilities available. That the proposed method of drainage outlined by the applicants was unacceptable to the County Council and would be likely to lead to a health hazard. That the existing road network serving the area was insufficient to cope with the proposed development without endangering public safety. NCAMP appealed to then Minister for Local Government, Mr James Tully, against the refusal for outline permission. The oral appeal was fixed for Tuesday, May 4th, 1976. The Federation of Associations of Baldyle prepared a paper outlining their objections in six different areas that the existing schools, churches and allied services would be unable to cope with the proposed new population, that the open spaces and buffer zones were insufficient, that the industrial estate was superfluous in that there already was one in the parish on which only a small number of options had been taken up. They objected to the proposed sewage disposal, expressing fears that the beaches would be polluted. They supported the objections of the County Council in respect to increased traffic and land zoned as agricultural. The hearing on May 4th was postponed until Tuesday, September 7th, when it was discovered that NCAMP had not lodged notice of appeal with the Corporation. Five acres of the racecourse is in the Corporation, the rest is in the County Council. The case for and against Sea City, as it was popularly called, was put in the Custom House on September the 7th, 1976. Mr Eamon Walsh, Senior Counsel, appeared for NCAMP. On the 18th of February, 1977, the Minister for Local Government, Mr James Tolley, gave his decision. He turned down the appeal, restating the reasons given by the County Council. NCAMP alleged that political muscle was being used against them, and representatives of the company confidently predicted to members of the Residents' Association that their application would be successful with the change of government. Things rested so until May 1978, when the newspapers carried a speech from Mr Joe Fox, a Fianna Fáil TD from Skerries, supporting the NCAM plan. On May the 18th, the papers reported that Mr Barrett, the Minister for the Environment, had made representations to the assistant city and county manager in favour of the 500-acre development. The local residents responded 
by circularizing local politicians seeking a reaffirmation of their support and condemning political interference. There have been allegations of political involvement in the Baldile project over the years. Other than rumours that the racecourse part of the parcel is about to change hands, there have been no further developments. Encamp want to proceed with their building project. This is opposed by the residents. Michael Joe Cosgrave is the Fine Gael TD for Dublin Clontarf. My stand as regard to this development is that the race course itself should be reopened as a race course and a leisure centre, incorporating a pitch and put course, a golf course and other recreational uh, amenities which will be very beneficial to the town. Now, the objection I have to the Encamp plan, these are the people who own the property, is that the high density housing would be at the Baldoyle end of the development and the low density end would be at the Port Marnock end of the development. Ideally what I would like to see is that the race course be left as a buffer zone between the new development and Baldoyle itself and on the far side a buffer zone between Port Marnock and Baldoyle. In my capacity as a Dublin City Councillor, I have put down two motions in Dublin Corporation, and both have been passed. Uh, these motions actually uh, requested the City Manager to set up a joint committee between Dublin County Council and Dublin Corporation with a view to reopening the racecourse as a leisure centre. Uh, the reason I'd done this was because of the amount of building that's going on in the area, we will end up with a concrete jungle in Valdoyle, and this I do not want to see. Secondly, I believe the race course could be, made, uh, could be viable, could be made pay. Um, if you envisage Valdoyle being so near Dublin Airport, um, people could come from places such as Manchester, Liverpool, have a nice day's racing, a golf outing, and fly back home. Now, the developers would dismiss that as total romanticism, and they say that the, the turf club would not agree with that point of view at all, that they regard Baldile as dead as a race course. Yeah, I think you're talking about the racing board here. The racing board, yes, I, I, I did talk to them, and they, they tell me that they haven't enough fixtures for Baldile. But if you remember what I said a moment ago, I'm talking about Sunday racing. A lot of people go from Ireland to France every Sunday to race and spend a lot of money in, in Paris on Sundays whilst we could have that racing here in Baldoyle. Say the developers do get <coughs> permission to build on it <coughs> what can you do? Well, um, as a member of Dublin City Council I would put down a section 4 directing the city manager to, um, to annul any permission which would be given to any developer unless he unless he left the race course uh, there to be used as an amenity area. I'm not objecting to houses on the rest of the property. As I said before, I want a buffer zone left between Baldoyle, the new housing estate, and a buffer zone between Port Marnock, the new housing estate. Another point they have made is that they're in all the areas that have been developed up to now, in the north and northeast of the city, that the recreational 
and sports facilities are totally inadequate. They're Agreed. Agreed. Take Kilbarrick, for instance. Kilbarrick has a population the size of Galway City, and they are left with about five acres of open space. And I think that's a crime uh, today, where you have so much vandalism, where young people have nowhere to play. Most of the clubs in Kilbarrick uh, are without football pitches, and I think in this day and age, if we're going to give any sort of proper education or recreational facilities to our, to our children, we must have plenty of open space. Barney Walsh is Information Officer with the Abbey Park and District Residents Association and is a well-known figure in local voluntary organisations in the area. I would like to state that in seeking the retention of a green belt at Baldoyle, we are not being selfish in our attitude and trying to reserve an immunity on our own doorstep and exclusively for ourselves. We are concerned with the neighbouring parishes, the neighbouring districts, an area stretching from Hoth right across to Coolock and uh, embracing a population of about 20,000 people. Uh, we are well aware <coughs> from our relationship with these community, the community groups in those areas that um, they are badly off for open space and as well as fighting our own battle in this, we are fighting a battle for them. We seek to, re <coughs> we seek to retain as much as possible of this 525 acres between ourselves and Port Marnock so that playing pitches and amenities will, will be available for these 20,000 people. Similar, <coughs> similar activities going on in the areas of Swords, Malahide and Port Marnock. They are trying to <coughs> maintain their own pieces of open space and uh, we are more or less falling in with their uh, arrangements. Now, if InCamp offered you 100 acres, would you be satisfied? Well, it is our experience that we must be a little suspicious of the offers of developers. Um, we have already instanced the case of Kilbarrick where... Um, <coughs> This garden city, this garden city of 1967, was to have <coughs> up to 50 acres open space, and it now has seven. Developers will offer open space, but it can be given in small, unusable patches, or it can be this ribbon type of uh, green greens we see so much around the city. Um, we we wouldn't we wouldn't accept 100 acres unless we were to get it in maybe one lot. Some outsiders would say that the development in the south of the city and the development in the north and northeast are quite different. That in the north of the city to some extent the developers seem to seem a little bit more free in developing. Well we are, we are conscious here of the fact that the south side of the city has its parks and they have the mountains and the open space at their backs. We are conscious that in the west they have the Phoenix Park and uh, in, in the northeast eastern side of the city, all we have is St. Anne's Park, and uh, it's quite inadequate for the, for the needs of this area. Um, we, would go, we, would agree, we would agree that developers <coughs> tend to get away with more in the north side of the city than in the south, and it is this we are, t we are trying to co counteract uh, in this matter of the Green Belt at Baldoyle. Um, we, we deplore 
we deplore developers who will persist in making planning applications for green belt areas on this north side of the city uh, in spite of the rejections of local authorities and even the minister on appeal. Uh, we are resolved to continue fighting the, <coughs> the inroads made by developers on green belt areas and we will make representations, the strongest representations to the politicians who seem to align themselves, ally themselves with these developers. Ted Corcoran is the chairman of the Abbey Park and District Residents Association. In my opinion, the green belt at the moment should extend from the present development in Baldoyle to Portmarnock village. And that's a distance of a mile or so. Um, that's not very much uh, when you consider that the, uh, the build-up area extends for eight miles on the other side of it. And if you also consider that if this mile is built on, there isn't a mile on the other side again then, it, it disip- the whole lot disappears. Then you, you, you also take the, the, sewage, the sewage problem. The sewage in this part of the city is, is at its capacity. No more can be taken. Uh, and the only solution to, to the problem for this development was, mind you, to pump it three miles into the sea off Port Marnock. Now, that's already polluted. And, uh, and uh, by, by other I- inlets into it, and can you imagine the, the effect on the sea and the beaches uh, for, for, that, for that system? Are you saying that all the beaches would go as well if that type of de- development took place? It's on record that the, uh, the water of Port Marnock and Baldoyle and Dollymount is seriously polluted at the moment. Pumping sewage from 20,000 people is not going to help it. It's obviously going to make it a lot worse. Now, in fact, uh, some members of the present government and of the government party have said that they, in fact, are in favour of building houses on the racecourse. Yes, they have indeed, and we have taken serious objection to their intervention. First of all, they are not of this area. Uh, Deputy Fox uh, is from Scurries, and Minister Barrett is from Clare. Now, Deputy Fox who by profession is an auctioneer, intervened and said that uh, he wished, he desired to have this area developed. Uh, we find this hard, this attitude hard to comprehend because Deputy Fox is a, also a county councillor and the county council plans for the area are that this area is, is a green belt and should remain so. And we find it very hard to reconcile his attitude of building on it with the county council's attitude of it remaining a green area. And uh, we, 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 find, we find it totally unacceptable, that point of view from a county councillor, that he should be at cross-purposes with his own planning people on that. Minister Barrett's intervention was a sore disappointment because he holds the newly created post as Minister for the Environment and uh, we felt that a minister for the environment should set the example for the whole country and, and not come out, come out and say that he favoured building houses on a green belt area. Uh, it's totally contradictory. 
and we objected very strenuously at the time and and we held that we felt at the time that Mr Barrett was very badly in, advised indeed in, in, in making a public statement on that matter. The Labour Party spokesman in the constituency is Councillor Tommy Duffy. The Labour Party's policy, as you know, we have always wanted more housing for people. Housing is my priority particularly. And I think that this Baldile could be developed into a beautiful um, area for housing people. I would like to see it a mixed housing area with council houses plus the private developer. Plus plenty of greenery, plenty of fields for sports. It's an ideally situated area because you're so adjacent to the seaside which would give ordinary workers, people, a chance to get to the seaside very, very easily. Now, this is totally opposed by the local residents and, in fact, a large number of the politicians in the area are totally opposed to the racecourse being used for housing. Well, we are a funny people. We like to live in certain areas provided nobody else comes near us. We like to live in an area, but we don't want anybody else to come in it. And I think you'll never get back a race course again, as we have a very well-developed race course in Leopardstown and other areas. And I, I cannot see for the life of me why the locals are objecting, or anybody, politicians or anybody, are objecting to housing people. Because they're entitled to be housed in areas which is... Uh, Good for their health, good for everything. They say in the north of the county there are towns like Skerries, Balbriggan, where there is already planning permission to build houses and that, in fact, the race course is not a housing area, that is an amenity area and should not be used for housing. So they say, right, if you want to build houses, certainly, but move them up to the north of the county and have a green belt there. They want a green belt between Baldile and Port Marnock. They feel that the strip development is not conducive to good living or good housing. But there is plenty of space in the Baldile region for amenities. I want to see playing fields. I want to see that dunes between on the Baldile Road. I want to see that and have advocated this at a city council at a, a joint meeting of the Dunleary County Council and the Dublin City Council, which I'm chairman of. And I've advocated they're looking for places to to fill in, and that's, to my mind, as it stands today, looks ugly between Baldoyle and Port Marnock, whereas it could be developed nicely by a fill-in, make a beautiful park in it like they did with the Fairview Park and the various other parks, Eden Moor, and, you know, for a while it will look ugly and it will be ugly while it's been filled in, but nevertheless, the final uh, scene there would be beautiful in my estimation because looking across from Baldoyle Road now to Port Marnock is an ugly sight when the tide's out and it's low flats and all that kind of thing. And you think that corporation houses would look better? Corporation houses would look better on the, where the race course was and the people would have the amenities of that nice... But the corporation have already built houses in the area and they're dreadful looking. They look like something from a South American They were built town. by one government for cheap housing which my mind and we believe in the Labour Party, cheap housing for workers is out. 
they're entitled to the best. But you will notice in recent buildings, such as Blanchardstown and other areas, the houses are very, very good. I do agree with you that those houses in Baldile that has already been built there are diabolical with a flat roof, with a, a mineral felt roof in an area where I say there's high velocity of winds, etc., and they say they last for 25 years. In my book, they won't last 10 years. There's a widespread belief in the country that politicians and developers and speculators come together and reach certain agreements with regard to developing land. Do you think that in general this is, in fact, happening? I'd say it does happen. I'd say it does happen. But I can assure you that I, personally, as a Labour man, that's not associated with any developers. Of course there are certain people, and particularly in this particular region, I know that some of them have a vested interest in this particular area. Tom Robinson, Secretary Abbey Park and District Residents Association. Since we arrived here in the 65, um, you know, a vast change have taken place and there's been the development that one could never have foreseen. For instance, we had uh, the official green belt when we arrived, sped from the Tongue Road, part of Coolock, and came right down to the Northern Railway Line. Now, around that time, it was an open secret this, a well-known cabinet minister brought in quite cheaply into that area, and within a very short while, the whole area was rezoned by a colleague of his in the same cabinet, and he, he made a, a killing. And uh, from then, from that, we've seen the, the Dunnies, we've seen Grange Moor, we've seen Dunham Mead, and now we've seen Grange Abbey. It's all crept right up. And even those people in those estates themselves who had their houses built on a green belt have no open space. It's a very little anyway. They've even had some of it hived off, I think, for a church. Uh, which was intended to go some other part of the scheme. Um, we've even had attempts made in this area to have part of the, the bay uh, covered in. Uh, for um, We were told it was for amenities. Some good football club wanted, the to, wanted to fit in part of the bay near the, the, the thing. These are things we've had to watch over the years. And um, as my colleagues have said, like this is not a, uh, a selfish attitude we have. We just don't want this for ourselves alone. Um, it, it's something that could serve the whole of the North City. Are the residents' associations and the planners in agreement on the way the northeast of the city should be developed? Are, are, are they at loggerheads? Uh, on the contrary, I think that any planners that we have met or any of our colleagues have met uh, and any plans we have seen laid down by the official planners have been very acceptable to us. But unfortunately, they're being hounded with a combination of... Uh, developers with political might, strength behind them. And uh, it, it would appear like, um, see, a lot of it we deserve. We deserve anything we get, unfortunately, up to now, because if you take it that, take the County Council, take the Dublin Corporation, the planning committee was loaded with, with uh, auctioneers and developers, or brothers of developers. And so we, we, we put these people in charge of our planning the very people who wanted to uh, to rape the countryside were concrete. Now, some people would say that, you know, you're whinging to some extent. This is a free enterprise society, and if some person buys land or buys property, he has a right to develop it in any way he likes. Now, when NCAMP bought into the race course, it was zoned for agricultural uh, and for amenity purposes, open amenity purposes, now, I don't think they were that foolish to pay anything other than 
agricultural prices for the land. Like if they went along and they paid uh, whatever the inflated price would be for um, development land, they were completely foolish. And they served to lose that and they intend to lose by our opposing it. But he felt sure he was going to get it rezoned. And unfortunately, I think he has said this himself, a change of government frustrated him. And he has said, he's on record as saying that as soon as we get the change back, and he, Mr McCabe, Dr McCabe has said this, as soon as we get the change back, there'll be no, nothing in our way. So you have land with planning permission, which nobody wants to develop, and they wish to develop land on which there, for which there is no planning permission. Exactly, that's the way it appears to us. The facts are there, the figures can be provided by both the County Council. I meant to say, you, take, you can take all the towns up on the northern coast. You've got Rush, Lusk, Skerries, Malahide, Port Marnock, Donabate. And there's loads of uh, land zoned there for residential purposes, which is, hasn't been taken up by anybody. One wonders why. And by the way, from that area comes one of the supporters of Encamp, Mr Fox, or Deputy Fox. Like, there's plenty of land in Skerries to be developed. Why didn't you bring Mr Dr McCabe and Mr Byrne out there? Now, some people might say that you're, you're anti-housing, you're anti-employment, that in fact you're a sort of uh, an anti-progressive force in preventing development on the race course. Well, that would only be said by the developer. It certainly wouldn't be said by anybody who works in the area because there'll be no jobs for local people on this development, none whatsoever. But uh, let's go back to what I said earlier and what my colleague said. There are 5,716 acres available for residential development in this town, this city. And when that's exhausted, I think Encamp can come back and ask us again about the race course. The other point we'd like to make is that whilst we're, that we're against housing development, we're certainly against this uh, high density, which is what we, we were getting. We were getting a density that wouldn't be acceptable anywhere in Europe. Never mind in, in, in North County to Dublin, North City, North Dublin City. How do you see, as a, a, an interested observer, certainly, how do you see the development of the Dublin City suburban area in general, especially the northeastern well, part? It, it, it's a complete disgrace. Like I don't think planning comes into it. Planning was it was there. The development was planned by the people who are given the job to plan but it's been frustrated, it's been hacked at it's been torn asunder by vested interests and unfortunately we must keep coming back to this, we cannot divorce development from politics, from the uh, political life in this city, they go hand in hand in fact I think it's, it's we must all agree that the biggest uh, pressure group in Dáil Éireann today is the building not the building trade so much as the developers I don't know if we'd like to mention too many names, but they're, they're household names. These people have, they even have some of their own sitting in Dáil Éireann as TDs, absent TDs, who don't only come along to vote when it suits them. Community councillor Vincent Manning. What I want to see happening to the race course is that it is preserved as an open space and that it is there for the amenity of the residents of the area and that it is there to prevent a break between the concrete which will very soon extend into the area between Baldoyle and Port Marnock and between Malahide. So I, I can see it as a park. Now that's a wish. Do you think that's really going to happen? I mean, the land is owned by a company. They have already indicated that they wish to build on it. The development up to now 
has been here on the north side that there's almost continuous uh, development and building of houses right out from what were the old villages yeah. like Rahini and yeah. Kilester straight out. Yeah, well, that that that's has, in my opinion has been due to bad planning, uh, and you, you can't blame a, a property owner for making the most out of his property. At the moment, as I said, the area is zoned amenity. Now it must be preserved as an amenity. And it is within that concept, and that is the valuation that's placed on that land whilst it's zoned amenity. And the important thing here is for the people to realise that that zoning could be changed by a meeting of councillors. Now, it has happened in other areas, and I don't want to see it happen here again. And it is important that, as I said, the, the area be zoned amenity. Now, as long as it's zoned amenity... It can never be used for anything else except immunity purposes. And how difficult is it to convene such a meeting of councillors? Well, very simple, by just simply putting down a motion and, and getting uh, five signatures of other councillors to the meeting. And that's it. And if you have, if you have uh, a, a quorum, which is five or six councillors, then it can be done. And as I said, that is the awful danger that this, the, the, the zoning of the area could be changed. And once it's changed, then there is nothing to prevent the, the owners from building houses on it. So what, we, what we've got to be on our guard for is to ensure, to be constantly on the watch, that the zoning is not changed. Dr Michael Woods is the Fianna Fáil TD for the Dublin Clontarf constituency. Now, as you probably know, that area is currently zoned uh, for open space and amenity, amenity development. Area. Amenity yes. development, yes. really. In other words, it, it, as it's zoned at present, it, it would be reasonable to assume that any proposition which fitted in with the general amenity, amenity zoning uh, would fit into that area. And at present, that's the way we see it, in fact. Now, from my own point of view, personally, I had a meeting in the summer with the residents there in Baldoyle and I've had uh, discussions with the Abbey Park and District residents as well about this subject and uh, I have said that uh, both uh, George Colley, the Tarnished and myself are uh, very interested in the development there and will be very keen to watch what happens in the area and we have asked the residents in the area to keep us informed of any views they have and of any developments that they may see in the offing. Now, the current position is that there is, to my knowledge, no uh, further application current at this stage uh, to develop that area. I think, though, that the company who own the racecourse in camp are quite determined to build on it. Uh, in fact, I was talking to some of their people and they again uh, reiterated their wish to develop it for housing. Yes, I, I, I think this is reasonable. I mean, as you know, um, it's, it's reasonable for them to have that, that wish and that desire, if you like. And as you know, they put up a proposition previously which uh, was um, rejected. And this is why I say that at this point in time, uh, the situation is that the application which they made was turned down and that the minister at the time confirmed uh, that and that now the position is that if they want to uh, put forward any proposals, these proposals will have to go to the local authority in the normal way. And uh, 
the local authority will have their decision in relation to the matter. Um, we will have our views, the local residents will have their views and um, these will all be taken into consideration in the normal democratic process. Now, should uh, it be a question of appeal beyond that, we have the appeal board and there's a question of going to appeal board. So I think that the normal process would would come into force there. And it does mean, of course, that both the residents and the councillors and deputies have to be on their toes. They have to be prepared to examine any applications that are made, not only by NCAMP, but in, maybe under any other name or in any other way. It's something that I've been very much concerned with in Kilbarrick, as you, you may have known in the recent past, and we've had many battles about the development. I have fairly strong views about this myself because... I feel that there's been a great deal of housing development around that area and that in any further developments that would take place, it's particularly important that there would be balance and that there would be adequate provision of open space and amenity space on the north side of Dublin generally. Now, at that point, you seem to be in total agreement with what the residents are saying because they are saying, in fact, that the, in the previous villages, if you call Kilbarrick a village and Rahini and Calester yes. and so on and Baldile, <coughs> that in each case where these villages were developed, that the amount of uh, playing space and recreational space is totally inadequate. And they have, in fact, a very ambitious programme that they see a green belt for the whole of that northeastern part of the city uh, where there would be playing fields for people who could come from the Donamede yes. area, the Kilbarrick yes. area, yes. where they are now non-existent. Yes. Well, there is a, a great scarcity of substantial open space. I mean, when, when we made this point before, we were told that, uh, well, St Anne's Park is in there and you can go into St Anne's Park. Now, and as we know, St Anne's Park is very, very heavily overworked and, in fact, they do a very good job there and they accommodate just as many teams and people as possible. But once you go outside that, there's very little substantial space and uh, I would agree uh, that there is a need to preserve substantial amount of green space. Uh, I don't agree with the idea of just continuing strip building of housing. Now at the same time uh, that does not mean that under the democratic process any individual whether they own the site or wish to acquire a site and put forward plans they have a right to do this and I think this is what causes the confusion at times that that uh, each each party has their rights. And, I mean, nobody can come along and say, right, they can't do something like that. They can put forward proposals. It's a question of how these proposals are viewed if they are put forward. And I certainly would uh, endorse the view that I would like to see a substantial area of green space there. Now, one of the fears of the local residents, and indeed of the councillors too, and possibly some of the politicians, is that the county council can at any time rezone the Baldile Racecourse, as um, <coughs> it is now zoned an amenity area, they can rezone it for housing overnight with one meeting of the council, county council. Well, you see, you, you don't do things that easily these days anyway, and I think anyone who's involved in uh, the long debates and struggles that went, over, went on over other sites around that area, and I mean, I was personally involved in, in ones in the Kilbarrick area, uh, will realise that the democratic process is not that simple to uh, set aside, if you like. Um, I think, uh, you, you know, it just doesn't happen that way. And if, if you can rezone it that way one night, you can go back and rezone it again the next night just as easily. So I don't think the will of the people can be frustrated so easily. In fact, I think it's a fairly facile approach to it. Now, on the other hand, you must remember that you're talking about local authorities and uh, you're talking about local authorities which are served by local representatives. I mean, the local authority is basically 
the local councillors and, and representatives. But they would say um, they're North County, therefore they're not answerable to the electorate of Baldile. Well, uh, insofar, as, insofar as, for one, it comes within the uh, city boundary, of course, they're, they're um, answerable there. Uh, insofar, it just means, in effect, that uh, the part that's in the county, the re- residents will have to keep in, in contact with the developments there as well. But I don't think they have any trouble in that because I, my understanding is that they're in close communication with people in Port Marnock and uh, Malahide and round that side, which is the county side. But I do I accept the residents' view that you must be vigilant. And in fact, when I met them in June, I said there, there is an onus on the residents to, to be vigilant about it. I mean, it is, it's their community. It's our community in a broader sense. It's their most immediate community. And we're there to help them in the event of, of any difficulties there. I have made that very clear at a public meeting there. And I said that um, I'm qu- available. I'm available all the time. Yes. My phone is in the book. And if and you see any problem... And your position is very clear, Deputy. Your position yes. is very clear. Yes. But how then do you account for the statements of Deputy Fox of North County and the Minister for the Environment, Mr Barrett, who both have, both have said that they are in favour of developing the race course and building on the race course? Well, I don't think now uh, that would be accurate to say that the Minister for uh, the Environment uh, has said he is, is in favour. In fact, I've, I've spoken to him. I've spoken to him again since uh, you invited me to come on this programme just to be clear that, uh, of, of, on the position. In fact, uh, as far as he is concerned, uh, he, he made an inquiry earlier as to what was happening uh, with, with that site. Um, and um, he was informed of the position and as far as he was concerned that that was the situation now in in some way or other the newspapers became uh, aware of the fact that he was inquiring about it and the the thing is blown up into something that he's trying to influence it in some way or other there's no question of that and in fact if um in in one of his replies as i remember he said well he, he has to be concerned with jobs and houses and the rest of course he has and of course I think you'll find the residents locally are concerned with those aspects as well and they would accept that a minister must be concerned with these in balance but uh, there's no question of uh, interference on the part of the minister in in relation to that area and I'm I'm quite uh, certain of that. The residents maintain that NCAMP said to them subsequent to the refusal of the previous government, the refusal on planning permission, that the NCAMP company said to them that if a Fianna Fáil government was returned, that they were reasonably sure that they would get permission. Well, I think with any change of administration, any businessman or any uh, residence association or any group of any sort will, of course, come back and, and try again, perhaps with a modified proposal or whatever. Um, the only thing I would say in relation to that is that if those residents and residence associations stay in close contact with their local Fianna Fáil representatives. I, I, I'm sure they'll be in contact with their opposition representatives. Uh, but if they stay in close contact with their local Fianna Fáil representatives, they have no need to fear. That's, that's the message I would give to them. The future development of the northeast of Dublin City is at stake here. The residents' associations and other allied groups say they want an end to strip development. They claim that the type of development found in Coolock, Kilbarrick and elsewhere has to stop. They are aware of the votes they can influence, so are the politicians. NCAMP, who were invited to participate in this programme, seem equally determined. There the case rests. 
the residents and their local representatives seemingly united on one side, the developers on the other.